up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Justin Trees here yet again. Yes, my voice first, and you know what that means. That means no AC tonight. Um, the busy man got called into work last minute. I mean, hey, we got we all got to pay bills, right? So uh, we miss him. He will be back next week. But the funny thing is, I'm going to be out next week. So what do you know? It's going to be a solo podcast for Austin next week. So uh, if you guys are sick of hearing my voice, don't you worry. You'll hear plenty of his next episode. So let's just dive right into this. Week three already for the NFL. Crazy how fast the season goes by. We say this every single year. We blink and all of a sudden it's week eight. I almost said 18. It's week eight and then blink again. And then it's week 17 and then blink. And then it's the Super Bowl. Um, it's crazy. We love it. Super excited. Uh, excited to really see how things play out this week. Cause there's a lot of teams that played very poorly in week one, then played great in week two or vice versa. We still don't really know who everybody is just like how AC has always said, which I totally agree with. It really takes till about week five or six before you truly know who a team is and what they're all about. Uh, so this episode, uh, I'm going to try to dive into, and I say this, I try to say this often, but I rarely do. We just, me and Austin get into our tangents and we just start talking. I'm going to try to dive into fantasy. I'll obviously give us everybody our picks for our spreads and our um, over-unders on the player props for Sunday night. But uh, a lot of this talk is not going to be who, me breaking down why I think teams are going to win. It's going to be strictly fantasy talk. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm also getting over a cold, so I may be coughing a little bit this episode. I apologize. Let's just dive into the Thursday night game, which actually begins in about two hours from now, my time. So first off, Carolina on the road against the Texans, no Tyrod Taylor in this game, making Carolina an eight point favorite here. Austin and myself are both taking Carolina, even though eight points is a lot. And we have been talking about how the Texans are playing better than everybody expected. Uh, We both still are taking the Carolina Panthers to win this. Fantasy-wise, this is interesting because you still have Mark Ingram in there for starting off with the Texans. You have David Mills starting. You have Mark Ingram there as the lead back. David Johnson seems to be that number two, and then they sprinkle in uh, Philip Lindsay when they can. Um, Here's the thing. Mark Ingram, basically unusable unless the script goes perfect, basically like week one did against Jacksonville. Um, Other than that, I mean, you know, you're going to get 15 carries, you know, 16, 17 touches for Mark Ingram a game, which is great. But really, he's not going to do much with them unless, again, if that script plays out perfectly. Perfect example here, the Browns game last week, he had 14 carries for only 41 yards. That's 2.9 yards per carry. Not the best that you've ever imagined. And then he had one catch. So Not going to get a lot through the passing game either. Um, That's all going to be going to David Johnson and Philip Lindsay, who both had big receptions last week. Um, Not in in terms of a lot of catches, but yardage wise, you know, you have a catch for 22 yards. You have two catches for 22 yards. Um, High, high volume there in the, in the yards category there per reception. Um, Really. Brandon Cooks is the only one that is worth starting on this team. That plain and simple. Um, Brandon Cooks had another really good game last week. Nine catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. Like this dude is going to get at least 12 targets every single game. 
if you're getting 12 targets a game, you're going to produce. I honestly, it doesn't really matter who your quarterback is. You're going to just produce. He is a R or wide receiver three for me. Like he's wide receiver three. Those, t- those people that don't play three wide receivers um, in your league, then he is a flex play for you. And it's honestly very hard to, very hard to sit him because he's going to get garbage time points as well. So um, that's kind of the Texans breakdown there. Um <clears throat> For the Cleveland Brent, or sorry, they played the Cleveland Browns last week. For the Carolina Panthers here, um, Sam Darnold playing great so far. Honestly, really, really impressive there. Uh, you like to see that from Sam Darnold. He obviously played his former team in week one, and then he had another solid outing last week against the Saints. So you like to see that um, over 300 yards last week. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, started him. Like, I mean, like, duh. Like, the dude's, the dude is, going to get you 30 touches a game. It's unbelievable how good, how good he is. Um, I actually actually face him in my, in my, in both of my leagues. I'm, I'm only in two leagues this year. Um, I face him in both my leagues uh, this week. So honestly hoping for uh, McCaffrey, not do- you know, dominating game. Like, Hey, like what about like just like 20 points, dude? Like I, I can survive off of that, but um, it feels like every time I play McCaffrey is the day that he goes for three touchdowns. So we'll see how that goes. Um, the bigger thing though, is how is this wide receiver room playing out? Um, last year it was really all about Robbie Anderson, right? He was getting a ton of targets, a ton of catches, ended up with over 90 catches last year, but like, he wasn't just that deep threat that like he was with the jets, right? He was averaging something like eight, eight or nine yards a catch, which is great. Like when you're having that type of volume, but now it's like, okay, now the volume or the distance air yards is a lot greater now. Um, and that is bringing down his catch rate quite a bit down to three catches last week for 38 yards. Again, that's 12 and a half yard average right there. And then DJ Moore, who kind of played that role last year, almost feels like he has now replaced Robbie Anderson in that role. Like they swapped positions almost in a sense, but obviously playing the same position, but like the offensive scheme may have changed a little bit. Now it's DJ Moore getting those eight to 10 catches a game. And I mean, you saw it last week, eight catches, 80 yards and a touchdown, 79 yards to be exact. But then he gets 11 targets. Um, DJ Moore must start. If you can get him in fantasy, I would, I would. Um, Honestly, it's going to be hard because you're going to have to be paying probably premium, especially after last week's game. Um, But I really, really like DJ Moore. I think he ends up as a very high-end wide receiver, too, by the end of the season. Um, Robbie Anderson, uh, <clears throat> flex play for you. It kind of just depends on who you have on your roster if you are if you can play him. Like if somebody was like, hey, should I play him? I mean, he's a very talented guy. We all saw week one. It just takes one, right? It only takes one. He can, he can have a one-catch, 75 yards, and a touchdown type game, but you also can have these three for 30-yard type games. So. Um, just depends on your options there. I uh, would not be wanting to completely rely on him, but it is what it is um, from that standpoint. Um, all right, let's move on to the Bills at Washington game. Buffalo is uh, seven and a half point favorites. Austin is taking Buffalo to cover that seven and a half. I am not. I'm going to take Washington. I still believe the Bills do win this game. 
Um, seven and a half is just a lot for me for a team that in Washington that is basically coming off of 10 days rest. I like that for them. Um, I like giving Heineke that extra time to prepare for a team after he basically had two days to prepare, uh, for the New York giants in week two. Um, it's going to be interesting. Obviously this pass rush against the bills offensive line, which is fantastic and a pass happy offense in the bills. Um, that is where it's, you know, that's where everything's going to be for this, for this game. Like that's the important key here. Um, Washington, their DBs aren't great. So you could see a big Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel Samuels game here, uh, especially with their route running ability and short game. Um, they, you know, slants, little comeback routes, whatever the case may be here, just to try to make it so this pass rush is not as effective for Washington. So <clears throat> I love Stefan Diggs this week. I think that he's going to have a big game. I could see Emmanuel Sanders just having a lot of catches. I don't know if he'll have a ton of yards here, but I do expect quite a few catches from him from Washington's side. Um, obviously Antonio Gibson owners are probably, you know, scratching their head, wondering what's going on there. Gibson only had 13. I mean, shouldn't say only he had 13 carries last week, but then he only had two receptions. Um, JD McKissick ended up having five receptions, including that big one that um, late in the game, McKissick had four carries um, I would say don't panic Gibson owners. Really, I think it just comes down to you're on a short week. Uh, I know that Gibson banged up his shoulder week one. So it's like short week plus already banged up week two. Maybe you just lessen that workload just a little bit, get him healthy. So then you can, you knew you had the 10 days rest. So Gibson, all systems go. Terry McLaurin, all systems go. Uh, Logan Thomas, all systems go there. That's that's the offense, right? It's it's out of it's those three guys. That is what is going to be it. McKissick, you know, he's going to be on passing downs. It's clear that they're not changing their scheme from last year on that. So this Kissick could be a flex play on deeper leagues. And then going to the Buffalo Bills, I already talked about Diggs. I already talked about um, Emmanuel Sanders. Those are the two, two guys that I really am interested in. Um, Cole Beasley is going to, you know, Cole Beasley is going to be Cole. Cole Beasley, you know what you're getting from him. Uh, the question is, do you get lucky with the touchdown from him? That's that's the key there. You know he's going to end up with like five catches for like 50 yards. Like that's kind of what he is. And that's and that's great. He's a great slot receiver. Um, honestly, Devin Singletary has been a surprise for me. He had a huge run last week um, with a touchdown. He's playing well in the passing game. Uh, he's also a good low-end while running back too. Um, Obviously you'd prefer to have a better running back to there, but like he's doing the job there for you. So you, you wouldn't be panicking completely on that side. Um, Zach Moss, who was inactive week one comes in week two. He did have a fumble, but then he ended up having eight, eight other carries and two touchdowns. So um, <clears throat> it is showing to me that they're not worried about Josh Allen scrambling and running around um, after the huge contract this off season. But maybe they're not willing to have him run inside like the five yard line as much as he had in previous years. Um, I think every year of his career, he's had like seven, six or seven rushing touchdowns. I think that number comes down and they're just like, hey, we can't afford to have our, you know, big price quarterback be taking these type of hits. That's what we got Zach Moss for. He is a huge running back that can take these type of hits. He is going to be our goal line back now instead of Josh Allen. So um, Zach Moss. 
dart throw there could not feel comfortable starting him at all. Um, he's going to have the games like last week where he has two touchdowns. And then, I mean, again, he was inactive week one. So really kind of just shot in the dark with him. So really digs Singletary and Allen are the three guys I would feel comfortable starting um, in this game. Moving on, we have the Bears at the Browns, and the Browns are seven-point favorites, <coughs> excuse me, against the Justin Fields-led Bears. Justin Fields is the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears in week three, which is going to be amazing. Must-watch TV at this point. Um, Allen Robinson owners rejoice. You know that better days are coming. Um, Cole Komet owners probably also, good things coming there. You, you love to see that. Mooney, um, that's a wait and see. I think better things are obviously coming him, but I don't think you can start him. Um, Komet is if you literally don't have any of the top like seven or eight guys. He's a good uh, dart throw there. Allen Robinson, you're obviously starting. Um, question is, does it hurt Montgomery? Um, I could see it hurting Montgomery a little bit um, just because Justin Fields is also going to run but maybe it opens things up more actually for, for Montgomery. This one's a tough one for me. I, I just want to really watch and see this one play out. Um, so, I mean, basically, you know, the top three Montgomery, you're starting Allen Robinson, you're starting. And honestly, Justin Fields is you're probably starting. Um, most people that have Justin Fields are the people that waited on quarterback, right? Like your goal was I'm going to wait and take a, Stafford for an example, or a Matt Ryan, for example. And then a, a round or two later, then you took Justin Fields, just knowing I just have to survive the first few weeks until Justin Fields becomes a starter. Um, I would say all systems go for him. Um, worst case scenario, they get down early and then the bears need to be throwing and Justin Fields is going to run for a ton of yards. Like literally could see Justin Fields running for 70 yards having a rushing and a throwing touchdown and also throwing two picks. Like I, I easily could see that, um, but that's a huge fantasy day. So um, going to be interesting there <clears throat> for the Browns. Jarvis Landry got put on IR. He's out for the next three weeks. What are you going to do at wide receiver? What are you going to do here? Um, sounds like OBJ might be back this week. He uh, practiced and folded today and yesterday, I believe. So that's good there. Who's going to be that opposite wide receiver from, from him at this point, Donovan people's Jones comes to name the Anthony Schwartz kid that uh, had a big game against the chiefs in week one, also an option. They even threw out, um, I believe his last name is Felton uh, running back and let him have a couple of receptions last week. Um, almost felt like he took a couple um, looks away from Kareem hunt, which was interesting last week. Um, when it comes down to it though, you probably want to start. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem starting either one of these defenses. The Bears defense looked good again. Um, Browns defense again, a, a rookie quarterback. You probably feel like you can have some a uh, couple turnovers there. Um, oh, I'm just trying to think here. Baker Mayfield had a, you know, he's looking good. He really is. Uh, completion percentage, everything's looking good. Can you trust him in fantasy? I don't know. I mean, this team's just so run heavy. It's hard to really trust him, especially if you think the game script, which it looks like everybody does, including Vegas, is why it's minus seven. Game script is looking like a run heavy game for the Browns. Might want to stay away from um, Baker, even in DFS play there. So uh, I would say you can start both of the running backs. Um, 
Hooper. Hooper's a good tight end uh, DFS play to this week. Um, he led the team in targets last week. Um, without Jarvis Landry, you had that short game now open for another receiver. I think that they try to leverage Bryant and Joku and Hooper into those roles and try to do a lot of three, three tight end sets there. So um, with that, all that being said, we both are taking Cleveland at minus seven. This one was tough, but uh, both going to go that route. Um, Cardinals at Jaguars. Uh, Arizona seven and a half point favorites. We're both taking Arizona here. Um, I think I might have mentioned this last episode. Like, legit, Kyler Murray is probably going to go for like 35, 40 fantasy points. Like, he is like the definition of a nightmare for like what the Jags don't want to deal with right now. Dude, that's playing very well in the passing game. A guy that can scramble and run. Like, it's it's going. It's just going to get really ugly. So, I mean. <clears throat> I kind of think it's all systems go for both of these teams because the Cardinals are going to get up so fast. They're all going to get a ton of points in that first half, maybe not as much in the second half. But then I think the Jags, I'm hoping they start getting things going here, but also they're going to be down so much that they're going to just be going. Um, I am worried though that Chenault did hurt his shoulder last week. He's been practicing in full this week, so it's clearly not too bad, but he did leave for a couple plays there. Sounds like an AC issue which is exactly what happened to marvin jones in preseason and if you watch any of these games even though marvin jones is playing every time he lands on that shoulder he comes out the next play and his arm is just dropped down like you can tell he's in pain and it seems like after a few minutes he's back and then he's good to go um for dfs though like i think i'm gonna have a lineup that has like almost all jags and cardinals guys like you can really you can get some crazy good lineups if you have the Jaguars. Like if you try to stack Lawrence, Marvin Jones, and Chark, or LaVisca, or even James Robinson at this point, like I would for sure have Lawrence and Marvin Jones. And then it's just like pick your poison of the other one. Um, but they're all so cheap at this point because of how bad they've been playing that <clears throat> garbage points are real in fantasy and especially in DFS. But like when you do that, you can get some crazy good dual stack running backs and other wide receivers in your lineup with that. So um, something just to consider if you wanted like a, for fun, you know, a couple dollar bet on DFS. Like I, I recommend that um, I have, I have another lineup too, that is heavy on Cardinals where I, I am paying me paying premium for um, Kyler Murray and Hopkins and more actually it's in one of these lineups I have those three and then I'm following up um running it back with Marvin Jones um I mean Hopkins is the second highest running or wide receiver and Murray is the highest running back or she's running back quarterback so that lineup is a little sketchy just because I have to go cheaper in some areas but um I am doing it just because I think that this game is going to have a lot of points and a lot of fantasy yards there so um, again, we're both taking the Cardinals and this, that one, uh, moving on to the Ravens at the lions, man, this lions team is interesting. They played fantastic. I mean, kept it, you know, kept it interesting week one. I'm not going to say kept it close cause it was a blowout. And then they came back. Um, and then Monday night, first half, honestly played pretty dang well. And then the second half just got blown out by Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Um, Minus eight for the Ravens. We're both taking the Ravens here. Um, 
I don't know what to do. I mean, you start, you, you start Hawkinson, obviously at this point, like Hawkinson is like, honestly, fantasy wise, he's probably tight end three right now behind Kelsey and Waller. Like, I think he's past Kittle in the fantasy realm. I don't think he's a better tight end th- than him in real life, but fantasy wise, I think he is. He's just getting more targets. He's the number one option here. Um, DeAndre Swift, you're starting DeAndre Swift. Had a little bit of a down game last week. They are trying to get him involved in the passing game. Have already come out this week and say we need to get him more involved in the passing game. Um, if you are a fantasy owner, I'm going to say you should be trying to trade for DeAndre Swift. I think he is going to be one of those running backs this year that ends up like between like running back, like probably like nine and 13 in fantasy purposes wise. Like that's literally like a low end RB one and nobody's thinking of that. Um, so uh, <clears throat> totally I'm all in on those two. Jared Goff is also playing pretty dang well, which is honestly nice to see. I, I, I like it. Um, as for the Ravens, Let's see. You're starting Tyson Williams. You're starting Murray. Like those are those are the two guys you have to start. Um, Murray a lot more touchdown dependent, but still very solid play. Uh, Murray, I mean, sorry, uh, Williams. It feels like he's just gonna bust a big one this week. Like he's gonna have one of those huge like sixty yard runs. Lamar Jackson, you're obviously starting. Hollywood Brown, you're obviously starting. Uh, Mark Andrews going to get going, still getting going. Um, expect a couple of touchdowns from him. Wouldn't be surprised there. And then Hollywood Brown's playing fantastic. Honestly, Hollywood Brown, um, he is somebody I didn't go after this year that I wish I did. Um, looking back at it, he played fantastic at the end of last year, getting tons of target shares. And then this year, it's only gone up. So um, I guess I was a little worried because of the Bateman stuff but then Bateman was out before my trip before my drafts even happened anyway so I, sh- I should have should have gotten more into um Hollywood Brown so go for that Watkins fine wide receiver three um he's you know he's going to get that eight you know eight to ten targets which is great um he's not running the deep routes it's very shorter route so you're probably only going to get like 70 yards from him but I mean that's what you want from a wide receiver three flex play so um <clears throat> Basically, what I'm getting at is all systems go for the Ravens. Um, now that I'm talking through this, I'm probably going to need to make a lineup with with Williams and um, stack them with either Hollywood Brown or Mark Andrews, and then fall. And then, yeah, I think so. And then I'm going to run it back with Swift. I might do that. Um, okay, um, for the Colts. Colts at Titans. We've got a finally an AFC South division game. Love to see those. Um, Tennessee five point favorites. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Jeez. I am taking Tennessee no matter what in this game. Um, Austin wants to cheat a little bit here. Um, Indy, if Wentz plays, Tennessee, if Wentz does not play. Um, that is what I like to call cheating in this game, but you want to know what? I will, I will allow it just because he loves Carson Wentz so much. I might as well give it to him. Right. Um, so please Wentz play so then I can catch up this game. Um, let's see here. If Wentz does not play, I don't think you could start anybody on the Colts besides Jonathan Taylor. Like that's the only player you can start. If Wentz does play Pittman is very interesting. Um, I know Pascal has three touchdowns. 
you can't trust touchdowns. So um, I would say it's only those two that you're starting for the Colts. Tennessee, um, you're obviously like, duh. Uh, Derek Henry, who just is a man playing with boys, I think, because it's just like it is unbelievable what he's doing in his career. Um, AJ Brown, he's going to turn it around. Um, keep keeps playing him. Um, these Col- this Colts defense is pretty good, though. I don't know what to expect from AJ Brown, given every time you, he does play like a tough team, it feels like that's when he actually goes off. So um, you're playing him. Julio Jones also playing him. He is, he's playing very well. Um, the stats aren't there, but like he's, he's doing all the things that you want from like a wide receiver two on an NFL team standpoint that, yeah. And from fantasy wise, you're, you're playing those two. So um, <clears throat> staying away from this game, fantasy wise for DFS purposes, at least mainly just because I think it's going to be a pretty low scoring game. I think that it's going to be pretty run heavy. So if you did need to get somebody here, I mean, but you're paying premium for Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor actually isn't as expensive on, on DFS. So you, you can sneak him into a couple lineups, lineups, which I have. So, um, but again, I'm taking Tennessee. Austin's taking Tennessee. If Wentz does not play chargers at the chiefs. Um, sorry, I'm going to drink some water here for a second. Great, great podcasting here. Um, Chargers at the Chiefs. This game's going to be awesome. Six and a half point favorites for Kansas City. Austin is taking Kansas City. I'm going to take the Chargers. Don't feel great about it because Kansas City lost. That I, I'm like, oh shit, man. Maybe, maybe the Chiefs are going to just come out blazing. And honestly, I could see that. Um, but I'm going to take the Chargers. I think this team is good enough that even if the Chiefs want to come out firing, um, they can at least answer if the defense can't like either way, I feel like either defense answers enough and then the offense keeps it close or, Hey, the defense just can't stop them. But then chargers offense just continues to match what the chiefs are doing. So um, yeah, so we're different on this game. Fantasy wise. um, We talked about the, both of these teams a lot last episode. So I think y'all know how I feel. Um, Honestly, you're, I don't know who you're not starting in this game. You're starting both wide receivers for the Chargers and their quarterback and their running back. Chiefs, you're obviously starting their quarterback, obviously starting their tight end, starting Tyreek Hill, obviously. The question is CEH, are you starting him? I mean, you have to. Like This game might be so high scoring that they're going to. Um, it's concerning that he only has like three or four catches this year, CEH that is. Um, we talked about it a lot last episode, just about this pick in general. Like, did they make a mistake? Um, honestly, it's just like what made CH so special at LSU was his pass catching ability, and they're not using that in this offense. So honestly, I, which is, I know it's like ludicrous to do, but I'm like, I kind of just blame the coaching staff on this one. Now that I think of it, now that I've thought about it for a few days, I can make I don't know if the coaching staff is using him to his best ability. They also have been doing a lot of like outside zone running scheme there, which he also, I mean, he's just not that fast. You're at like a four, five, eight, four, six, something like that. Um, He's just like a, not that type of runner as well. So um, he just might not be a great fit for what they want to do offensively right now. Um, And, and that's fine. It's fine. You have to start him in fantasy season long. If you have him, 
DFS, stay away from him. Um, <clears throat> now that I say that, he 1,000% is scoring three touchdowns this weekend. Um, but, yeah, this game's going to be exciting. I'm super excited for this one. It's it's going to be intense. We all remember, what, week two or three last year when Justin Fields – or Justin Fields – Justin Herbert came in from the injury of the own co- uh, coaching staff or – training staff hurting Tyrod with a needle to the chest. Um, I hope it's as exciting as that game was because that game was super exciting. Um, So again, I'm taking the Chargers. Austin is taking the Chiefs there. Uh, Moving on to the Saints at the Patriots. Patriots are three-point favorites. Um, We're both taking New England here. Um, I will say, though, the only reason I'm taking New England right now is because the unknown of Lattimore and Chauncey Gardner Jr. for the Saints. If I knew those guys were playing, honestly, I think I would take the Saints. But I'm not going to play that fence game. I'm going to just say I got to pick one. So I'm going to take New England. Um, Give me Damian Harris this week. Give me – I mean, the two tight ends are just so hard to play right now. They're just canceling each other out. Eventually, one of them I think is going to take the lead for this – position um throughout the season but it's just like until that actually happens and happens consistently staying away from them um nelson aguilar interesting play there um if you need to save some money on dfs um very interesting especially if Lattimore and chauncey gardner are out i will say that um for the saints it's only alvin kamara literally the only person you can start on this team so um Really, not a lot of people to start in this game. You're starting Alvin Kamara. You're starting Damian Harris. Those are the only two that you really feel comfortable with. And then shot in the dark with a guy like Aguilar or something. So um, both of us taking New England at minus three. Moving on to the Falcons at the Giants. Um, I'm going to take Atlanta here. Uh, I literally just changed it. My, my pick, like as we're talking right here. And I say, when I say we, I mean myself as I'm talking. Um, I don't think the Giants look very good. Um, they're not getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, James Bradbury is great, but he also just got owned on Thursday night by Terry McLaurin. Um, one who's, there's not a lot of better route runners than Terry McLaurin in the NFL, but you want to know what one of them is Calvin Ridley. Um, so I love that. I don't know if any of these, t- these linebackers are going to be able to guard pits. Um, Cordell Patterson seems to be a giant mismatch all of a sudden. Um, I could, I expect him to continue to take, work away from Mike Davis to make it. So Mike Davis is eventually hard to actually start in fantasy would still start him this week for the record. Um, so yeah, I kind of like the Falcons. Um, I like the way they played the first half, uh, against the bucks obviously fell apart the second half, but I mean, the bucks defense is just great. That's what it comes down to for the giants. Um, I actually, in one of my leagues, I benched Barkley last week, um, made the right choice this week. I'm starting him though. Uh, he's now had 10 days off. He's looked great. He's playing <clears throat> something like, um, I think he played 84% of the snaps last week. Um, yeah. Give me, st- give me, give me Saquon this week. Um, 
Shepard, he has become number one option there. And honestly, people that got him late in the draft or in free uh, in waiver wires this year have gotten a steal. Like he is a wide receiver too, in my eyes, the rest of the way, like rest of the way. Uh, give me Shepard over Galladay the rest of the year, uh, who's the, the high priced free agent from to the Giants. Um, Evan Ingram sounds like he might come back. Um, obviously, you can't start him first game back. You just don't know how well he's going to be moving around. Just wait and see. He's probably available in a lot of leagues at this point. Wait and see. Um, <clears throat> wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the highest waiver wire pickups heading into week four. Um, Bengals at Steelers. So another division game here. <clears throat> um, Bengals, uh, T Higgins hasn't practiced this week. Sounds like he has a real chance at miss- missing this game. Um, I mean, turns into the, the Boyd and, uh, chase show, uh, expect a lot of mixing as well, even against this Steelers defense. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uses Zama, uh, the tight end is probably going to get some extra looks if Higgins is out. Um, they'll use that big body of the tight end to try to get some mismatches there for the Steelers. Uh, Deontay Johnson left the injury or left with an injury last week, I think on the last play of the game or the second to last play of the game, just super unfortunate there. Sounds like he's not going to play either. He has yet to practice. Um, this one's interesting because now James Washington, former Oklahoma state wide receiver comes in. He's the guy that asked for a demanded a trade this offseason and didn't get one. And now they desperately are going to need him to play. Um, Juju, you know, might get some extra looks um, during this game. Claypool might get some extra looks. It's going to be interesting because also you have Big Ben who's also hurt or reported, you know, air quotes hurt. So um, I don't know how this game's going to play out. I kind of. I'm interested in both running backs specifically. Um, you got to start. I mean, you have to start chasing Boyd at this point, especially if Higgins is out. Um, and then for the Steelers, you're starting Harris wide receiver wise. I'm just not a big Claypool guy, so I probably wouldn't start him unless, you know, you have to. Um, Juju, I would start, especially with the injury to uh big ben i just kind of think that he might get some extra targets just on short looks so uh you know line up the running backs i guess uh <clears throat> moving on to the jets at the broncos um pretty pretty simple for the jets uh i'd consider starting davis Corey davis again i think that this game is the perfect setup for if you wanted to do the stacking with a with a run back like this is a good game to do it on like you could do a Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I personally think this is the Javante Ad- uh, Javante Williams game. Uh, but if you believe it's going to be Gordon again, like that's fine. Like I would, so I might do a lineup with with Bridgewater with Javante Williams and then um, Cortland Sutton, for example, and then run it back with Corey Davis. Um, I bet that's a pretty cheap stack, honestly. Um, then you might be able to load up on some other good running backs and wide receivers. So um, could be interesting. Uh, running back wise for the Jets is the big thing. Like Michael, Michael Carter came out last week um, and did some good things. This is the, I just realized, and it's the two 
North Carolina running backs here with the Jets and the Broncos of Carter and Williams. So that'll be fun to watch as well. Um, I just kind of expect the Broncos to roll them here. Like I expect a, a good lead by halftime and then it really turns into catch up for the Jets and running quite a bit for the Broncos. So <clears throat> really just for me, it's what running back gets the majority of looks in the second half. Is it Gordon or, or is it Williams or do they honestly split it 50 50, which is what they've done all year. Um, and saying that for season long stuff, um, Williams owners, and I am one of them, don't be concerned with the 50-50 split with Gordon. Um, I mean, you had to expect that when you were taking Williams. Honestly, you should be pleased and happy that it's already 50-50 split at the start of the season and not like a 70-30 thing and Williams has to catch up. If it's already 50-50, like it's only going to grow more in Williams' favor throughout the year. So um, Williams might be a buy low for some people. And unfortunately, I mean, in my eyes, I think this might be a coming out party where you're not able to get uh buy low anymore after Sunday. So we'll see how that one plays out. Um, sorry. I realized that I don't think I've said who we've taken the last two games. Um, I said, I took the Falcons. Um, I don't know if I said Austin took the giants, but he did take the giants there. Bengals Steelers were both taking Pittsburgh at minus three um, at minus 10 and a half. I am taking the Denver Broncos and Austin is taking the jets there. 10 and a half is a big number. So don't blame him there. Um, moving on to the dolphins at the Raiders. No Tua broken ribs. Um, I don't know if you can start anybody on fantasy for the dolphins. I mean, obviously they didn't score any points last week. Um, Gaskin might be somebody that I could play as a flex um, just because they are, going to be needing to get the ball out quickly. So I could see Gaskin. Somebody's probably going to score a touchdown out of the wide receivers. I mean, maybe Devontae Parker, maybe Waddle. Um, I'd stay away from the tight ends. I don't think the tight ends just are very good. Sorry, Austin and Gaskin owners and Gaskin believers. Just don't really believe in that. I think that time has passed. Um, as for the Raiders, sounds like Josh Jacobs probably not going to play again. That's a good thing for fantasy owners. Let him get basically two full weeks of rest. Um, I mean, shit, almost three weeks full of rest um, by the time he plays. So that's fantastic. Um, Waller, stud, Waller, the baller from what some fantasy ESPN guys say. I'm not going to steal that. Um, and then, I mean, Rugs playing well this year. Don't know if I can fully trust it. Um Ryan Edwards playing pretty well there. Still, again, hard to really trust. Um, Drake, can't really trust it. I mean, it's only really Waller. Um, I could see people starting Carr. Uh, he's been playing fantastic. I could see that if if you were one of those guys were, that were waiting on quarterbacks and say you have a Carr and a Trey Lance, for example. If you're in a Carr and Justin Fields, then you're in that's a tough decision, honestly. Um, I would think I would go fields, but um, yeah. So probably stayed away from this game fantasy-wise, especially in DFS. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the show the show that everybody's looking forward to this weekend, Bucks at Rams, uh, two undefeated teams so far. Bucks are one-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to take Tampa Bay to win this game. 
Uh, Austin is taking the Rams, so I'm assuming he, that means he thinks the Rams are going to win this game. Also, realize I just did the same thing last game. We both are taking the Raven, uh, the Raiders at minus four. Um, fantasy wise, start them all. <laughs> like you don't start. Honestly, don't start the running backs. Start the quarterbacks. Start the receivers. Start the tight ends. Like anything to do with the passing game, you start them in this game. Um, this game, I think, is going to be honestly eerily similar to that. Thursday night opener Bucks versus Cowboys. I think it's going to be very, very similar. Give me obviously Cooper, Cooper Cup's been fantastic. I think Robert Woods has a big game. Higby's going to have a big game. Uh, I think there's no Antonio Brown most likely in this game because of COVID. Uh, he still has a chance to have two negative tests before then, but it sounds like, um, I mean, time is obviously running out. It's already Thursday. So um, getting two in a row is going to be tough there um <clears throat> evans godwin um gronk you're starting them all so this game's going to be super fun to watch fantasy wise load them all up it's going to be it's going to be great um moving on to the seahawks and the vikings uh seahawks are one and a half point favorites we both are taking seattle here and Dalvin Cook is yet to practice this week. Might get a little nervous if you're a Dalvin Cook owner right now. Um, Austin and I talked about this on one of the episodes before. Like, you knew that Dalvin Cook was going to miss some games this year. Like, that most top end running backs are going to just by the nature of how many touches they get. Obviously, didn't want it to be this early. Um, and again, he still might play, but just right now, yet to practice as of the time I'm recording this. Um, we're both taking Seattle in this game. I just love these wide receivers against the Vikings defense. Honestly, I like the Vikings wide receivers against the Seahawks as well. Um, I think those are the, there's, I mean, I'm just trying to add it up. I'm trying to do basic math in my head as I'm talking here. Um, I mean, Seahawks, you're starting, you're starting Russ. You have to start Chris Carson at this point with how well he's playing and the lack of other running backs that are playing for them. You're obviously starting the two wide receivers there, the two, the two being Lockett and um, Metcalf. Jeez, sorry about that, Metcalf. Um, Vikings, you're obviously starting Thielen. You're obviously starting uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, I think the Seahawks are going to play quite a bit of zone, which favors Jefferson. Um, Thielen, obviously great either way, but Thielen has shown this year, I think he leads the NFL in – touchdown receptions against man-to-man with three um so you, with his route running ability i think you love that but um i will say i think justin jefferson probably has the bigger game out of the two started them you're obviously starting dalvin cook if he's active you have to start him if not it's um madison's turn to step up and see what he can do unfortunately this is the afternoon game so if you're a dalvin cook owner i sure hope that you have madison if you don't you better be trading for him or picking him up so you can just wait to see who's going to be active or inactive because i would not be surprised if the vikings don't announce this until they absolutely have to which is an hour and a half before the game um packers at niners this is the sunday night game super excited um <clears throat> If you guys listen to Austin on Miked Up, which I hope you guys do, um, I was listening to their episode, I guess it was yesterday now, um, two days ago for when you guys are listening to this. Um, 
he he complained that the Packers got back-to-back primetime games. Austin did. Austin, you're a Chiefs fan. I don't know if you can complain about a team getting more primetime games, just for the record there, bud. Um, so um, it, I did get a good laugh out of that. But, like, hey, just th- think about how many times the Chiefs are on primetime. So uh, love to see it, hate to see it. Both both apply here. Um, we both are taking Green Bay at minus three and a half. Uh, I just think that Green Bay wins this game. I think they looked good last week, given it was against the Lions. Um, I think this is going to be a good game, though. Um, I actually think this is going to be a very slow-paced game. A lot of people are not realizing how slow both of these teams are actually playing. Not running a lot of snaps, not doing a lot of plays, obviously. So um, I'm going to just say kind of got to be wary just because you're not going to get as many plays as you would want. But, I mean, you have some outstanding players that are going to put up numbers. Aaron Jones, obviously, Adams, Rodgers, Debo, Kittle, um, they're all going to get theirs. But, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, like volume is key and you want as many plays as possible, right? Um, You're just not going to get that in this game. I think it's going to be pretty slow-paced. Honestly, look at what the Niners did last week against the Eagles, like how slow paced and not high scoring that is. I kind of think that's how it's going to be in this game. The difference is, is like these teams didn't uh, specifically the Eagles didn't score a ton in the red zone last week against the Niners. Just expect the Packers to score in those situations, at least field goals. So um, <clears throat> you're starting everybody that you assume um, running back wise is going to be the hard thing with the Niners. It honestly kind of sounds like sermon might be the guy this week. So um, I don't envy people that have like the Mitchell and sermon combos and having to make that call. It's going to be tough for them. Um, I think I'd probably lean towards sermon, but don't feel great about it. And the last game of the weekend, I guess it's the next week you have Monday night, you have Eagles, you have Cowboys. Start everybody that you assume, right? You're obviously starting everybody on this offense of the Cowboys. Literally everybody. I'm talking Schultz at tight end. I'm talking, obviously, you, you have your top two wide receivers in CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. You're starting Dak. You're starting Zeke. Honestly, I could see a lot of people starting Pollard in the flex. Um, that one's tough, obviously a lot more tough, but I would not have a problem with it. Um, people that ask, can I start Zeke and Pollard in the same team at the same lineup? Absolutely can. If you did it last week, you were super, super happy. So, um, if you're in that situation, you absolutely can Eagles wise. Um, you're starting Goddard. Sounds like Ertz is in COVID protocol. Not sure if he's going to be able to play or not. If not. Goddard's a great play. You're starting Hurts. You're starting Sanders. Um, the question is, is who, who is Diggs going to be guarding? Because um, whoever he's guarding, it really helps the other wide receiver, but hurts that guy. Like Diggs is playing fantastic. Um, it sounds like just the way that he's been playing, it might be more the Rager style that he's he'd be guarding, um, which is great for um, Devontae Smith owners. But I think it it only takes a quarter of Smith having, you know, four or five catches for 50, 60 yards in a quarter for the 
Cowboys to swap that out and then Diggs go over and guard um, Smith. So um, I was, will say a little wary of that situation there. Um, something that I haven't said is I'm actually super impressed with how the Cowboys are coaching this year. I took M- M- uh, McCarthy to win the coach of the year last year, which is end up looking like one of the most idiotic things to ever say. Um, but like this year they're playing fantastic. I love what they're doing with the defense. Um, <clears throat> I love what they're doing with the offense. Like they, they are saying, we don't give a shit how much we're paying Zeke. Like we're playing Pollard because he gives us this boost. Like we are moving CD lamb from just outside to playing tons in the slot. Um, I think he played like 90 something percent of the passing routes last week. Um, it was a little bit lower the week before, but that's because they had Gallup still in the lineup before he went out. Um, I don't know. I just love it. I love how they're actually swapping out the tight ends with Schultz and Jarwin. I just love it. Um, we're both taking the Cowboys here at minus four, Austin and I. So love that. Um, I think that's going to be another fun game. I'm usually not a big like, oh, give me NFC East on primetime. Um, but I'm I am excited for this one. I think this is I think this is a good one. Um, moving on to our player prop bets again. Let's do a recap here um, for the spread. Austin does have me by one right now. He's eighteen and fourteen. I'm seventeen and fifteen. Neither very good, but I mean, again, week one and two, it's kind of hard. Um, player prop bets. Exact opposite. I'm 10 and two. Austin is nine and three. So if you add them all up, we are even still. Um, he just has me in spread. I have him in player prop. And nine and three and 10 and two is pretty dang good in the spread. So um, <clears throat> for this game, it is the Sunday night game, like always. Jimmy G, 243 passing yards. Um, Austin is going the over on this one. I'm going the under. I'm going the under strictly because of what I was talking about. I think it's going to be a slower paced game that there just might not be as many options um, or chances for him to get over 200 and, you know, 43 yards. So I'm going to go the under there. That's my only reasoning. Um, the next one, Trey Sermon, 65 rushing yards. This one's tough again, because of Mitchell, like you just don't know if he's going to be the guy or if Sermon's going to be the guy. Um, <clears throat> but surprisingly, we're both going the over here. Um, shit. This one's tough, man. Like, I kind of want to go the under, but I'm going to stick with it. I'll, I'll do the over still. Um, no, I'm not. I'm going to go the under. I'm switching it. Everybody, I'm doing the under. So, under Trey Sermon 65. Um, Austin is doing the over there. I'm going to just say Mitchell carries the ball enough to make it so he doesn't. Um, that one's tough, though. That one is a tough one. Um, Debo, Samuel, 70 receiving yards. Austin and I both go in the over there. So we are similar on that one. We're opposite on the first two. Similar here. Um, Austin, let's just be honest here. He's going over on all six games. Um, they're all, all six bets. Um, I'm also going over on the next three. So there's nothing different in our bets the next three, but I'll just say the numbers. Aaron Rodgers. 268 passing yards, both going the over. Um, Aaron Jones, 63 rushing yards, both going the over. I think this one's actually very, very close. I don't think that Aaron Jones gets over 70 yards. I will say that. Um, and then Devontae Adams, 86 receiving yards. Um, I do think that Adams gets to that, that century mark yet again. 
So um, Austin does have an opportunity to pass me this week if Jimmy G goes over and Sermon goes over. Um, if they split, then I keep that one lead. If they obviously both go under, I grow, you know, my lead grows there. Um, <clears throat> as for the spread bets, how many differences do we have? We have one, maybe two with the Titans. I'll just call that not because I don't think Wentz is actually going to play. So, so far we have the Washington and the Bills game is different. We have the Chargers and Chiefs game is different. We have Atlanta Giants different. Jets and um, Broncos are different. Tampa Bay and the Rams are different. So we have five games difference there. So um, that lead could shrink or enlarge for Austin as well there. Um, So that's it. Um, I think that kind of does it. Um, This was kind of spurred the moment with Austin um, having to go into work last minute there. Um, I do want to start getting into this fantasy stuff more. I know I talked about a lot of DFS stuff. Um, my goal is in the future when I do do more fantasy stuff, I'm actually going to make some lineups and go over them and go over numbers, um, and, you know, say people that are around them. So anybody that is interested in that DFS stuff or season long stuff, um, going to try to dive more into that, um, go into, you know, yak yards. I want to go into air yards. I want to go into, um, snap percentages, all that stuff. Cause I kind of just geek out on that type of stuff. So, um, we appreciate you all. Episode 201. We had great feedback. Um, a lot of like congrats on 200. We appreciate each and every one of you. We truly do. Uh, keep sending in any questions you guys have, anything that you guys would like us to talk about. Um, yeah, and that does it. Again, I'm out next week, so it's just AC. Uh, guys, give them a hard time because that's what we like to do around here. And tonight we've been talking football.